Welcome to WVU Marketing Horizons, hosted by Ruth Stevens and Cindy Greenhouse. We are grateful to WVU, who offers renowned online master's degree programs in marketing communications, and this series is presented by the Reed College of Media as part of their ongoing marketing series. Thank you for joining us today. Ruth, you and I had the opportunity to speak with over 20 amazing marketing innovators in 2022 for our podcast, Marketing Horizons. And we learned so much about what was just over the horizon for communicators and marketers. And thanks to our sponsor, WVU Reed College of Media, uh, we were able to bring meaningful and sometimes surprising insights from thought leaders on a wide range of topics. So this year in review, we're going to focus on six major themes that we found throughout the year that will impact us in 2023 and over the horizon. So shall we dig in? Sure. And I'll begin with our first theme about media channels and marketing strategy. And this was a category that we've covered prominently in 2022 and several of our guests concentrated on media and strategy and almost all of our guests ended up touching on this theme at some point in their conversations. We had a terrific conversation with Andy Crestadina about new developments in content marketing. He advised us to take the time to inspect and improve our digital presence, especially our websites and our LinkedIn profiles. We should be adding visuals and videos and calls to action, he said. So, Cindy, we know this, but oh my goodness, have you done that recently? I don't think I have. I haven't, Ruth. And I did see that there's this great feature in LinkedIn where we can do 30-second videos now in our profile. So that's a great tip from Andy. Let's get on it. We also had a great conversation with Mark DeMassimo, who enlightened us about relationship marketing models like subscriptions and memberships. He pointed out that many companies experimenting with these approaches are still learning the basics of how to acquire, retain, and win back customers. It's a little embarrassing. In certain product categories, this model can be hugely successful, but it's really more of a science than an art, he said. And investors are still getting the hang of it. That was really interesting. And then finally, we had some great tips from Stephanie Schwab about marketing for small businesses. And that was so interesting. She pointed out that business owners are generally not marketers, which kind of makes sense. (laughs) And she advises that if they just focus on the basics, they can really do well. And she recommended two particular basics. First, clarify your target audience and your point of differentiation. It's kind of marketing 101, right, Cindy? And um, your key messages. And then she said, of all things, she said that small businesses should build an email list of targets, current customers and prospects, and produce a series of outbound emails as their main marketing communications tool. So despite the enormous rise of social media, she's she's recommending email marketing. Wow, which is 
a great also for, you know, first party data, start capturing those email addresses. Right. Exactly. So for that theme, we covered a lot of ground about marketing media and strategy into 2022. So what about our next theme? Well, our next theme picks up on a really important um, comment that has been made to us, Ruth, and that's about humanizing communications and marketing. Mm. Uh, this was a favorite topic for me in the year because it brought behavioral science to the forefront and reminded us that as communicators, we must have um, part art and an equal part science, um, just like you said earlier from uh, one of our um, earlier guests. So, you know, Stephen mm. Yu, who is such a Renaissance man and um, delightful, Indeed. isn't he? Um, he famously shared with us that we have to stop annoying our customers by ignoring their preferences. You know, our automation has created a lack of personalization. We're back to say and spray, it seems. And we're defaulting to almost a constant state of spamming. Um, you know, and he said too many personalization efforts today rely on these algorithms that are turning people off. And you know, our attempts at automation personalization are forcing consumers to basically tune out brands. And we have to remember that the human touch is so important and not just automate, automate, um, which I thought was brilliant. And then, you know, we really good. chatted with the, you know, with Jay Bear. Mm. Jay publishes the Bear Report. He's a prestigious author. He wears crazy suits if you've ever seen his videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and he said, you know, um, CX is going in a different direction than many of us may have thought. And he shared with us trends. He said that sometimes so subtle when they're happening, you don't even realize it. And then all of a sudden, bam, you get this wake up call where things are so different than they were. You know, today, CX customer experience is all about how you make the customer feel and brands who succeed in the future will excel at understanding, meeting, and exceeding the expectations of their customers in a more touchy-feely way, right? This was a little oh, unusual. interesting, yeah. And then he gave us a great data point. Um, he said that 73% of customers change their expectations of all businesses they do business with based on the experience of one company. And they call it the Amazon effect. So now that we've all been so positively influenced with what Amazon can do, our expectation is that everybody can do that. So we better up-level our game or we're going to be in big trouble um, moving forward. Uh, then, um, you know, Steve Gershaw took us back to the future, you know, we chatted a little bit yeah. about the origin of the AIDA principle, the AIDA concept from 125 years ago. And then we fast forwarded all the way into the future, predicting that we all as marketers need to become digital anthropologists. <laughs> Loved that. Yeah, examining our behaviors and signals to infer the steps needed to serve customers and expand their value. And, you know, he said, forget about the attribution models of the past, which, you know, we struggle with all the time first last attribution, you know, we're all, all right. fighting over who should take credit. Um, he said, just get closer mm. to the customer and everything else will follow. 
So, you know, we have to remember that, stay close to our customer. And then lastly, but not least in this category, Susan K. Jones really dove into AI with us. You know, we've heard so much about this uh, downsides of chat um, GPT, and she mentioned Jasper and, and other technologies. And she said that AI will allow us as intuitive marketers of the future to not only survive, but thrive. And that AI and tech will lead to smarter, informed intuition for marketers everywhere because data still needs interpretation and all data in the world still needs a skilled marketer to put it into context. So what do you think of all of that, Ruth? Are we good? We're here. Yeah, it was a great theme this year. And I suspect it's probably going to be a recurring theme along with our next theme, which is technology. No surprise, there was a lot of discussion about what's over the tech horizon. One of my favorites was the conversation about CTV, which is a technology I've been following because it offers such great benefit to B2B marketers like us, Cindy, to find executives at home lying on their sofas and target them at home. And Brian Hunt, who was our guest, Mm -hmm. he also explained that it's a great way, CTV is a great way to access younger viewers and cord cutters, not just B2B executives. And it also, this is something we should probably call to Stephanie Schwab's attention, it allows small businesses to do geo-targeting in their trading areas efficiently and make TV affordable to many marketers for the first time. Then we also talked to Seth Mars, who as you remember, is a forester analyst, and he took us into the new world of RevTech. Mm. He basically said that MarTech and SalesTech have got to get pulled together <laughs> and that RevTech combining though the the goals of both of those prior technologies is the way things are going to go because the current tech is not serving us across the customer journey, the entire buying journey. And we're going to need to combine processes and thus deliver a unified customer experience. So that's something to that we've got to learn and look into. And then we had a terrific conversation with David Berkowitz, who is an expert in search. And he was saying that search is changing dramatically. And of course, gee, even since our conversation with him, there's been so much discussion about this relating relating to the the new AI-driven search and how, gosh, everybody bing and <laughs> everybody's trying to improve their their search deliverables. But um, he pointed out something that I hadn't considered before, which is that on mobile screens, the need to be on page one is sort of uh, obsolete. Mm-hmm. In fact, there is no real page one anymore. And this is why marketers are kind of forced into buying ads to get their messages up early. And he, you know, nobody can really say where 
things are actually going, but he's, he gave us some good advice saying we all need to be in there. You know, we, we need to try everything that comes along and stay involved because this search is so important for marketing and it's, it's still evolving fast. And then on the, the subject of virtual events, we were lucky to have David Meerman Scott, oh, yeah. who has been putting a lot of thought into how we marketers kind of went down the wrong path with virtual events in, in the early days of the pandemic. We were trying to recreate the in-person event in a you know, on a screen. And he said, this is not the way we need to think about it. We need to consider the virtual event on its own terms. And he gave us some really good tips for how to jazz up our virtual mm -hmm. events. He said, variety is really important that all kinds of ideas are available and that we should try everything, not be afraid to experiment and he also suggested that we change the metrics or at least add new metrics to determine our success. You know, at least in the B2B world, we've always used sales lead quantity and quality as the number one metric for evaluating events. And he said in the virtual event world, we, we might want to add a couple of metrics like how long were we able to keep them entertained and on the call <laughs> you know that is kind of a, a retention metric that i thought is worthwhile and then he also said you might want to measure how they how we were able to engage them in a next step like signing up for our email newsletter or following us on social media so we had a really good tech year in 2022 cindy we sure did and yeah. And, you know, we heard it over and again, too, you know, that we don't have to be boring. You know, we can have fun and have fun videos and play music and do things that entertain us. And even in tech, that was fascinating. Right. And he I loved how he said that he sometimes has a, a mystery guest who's who hasn't been built, but yeah, maybe it's a musical interlude. I mean, this guy's all over the place. It is fun. It is fun. That was fun. Thank you, Ruth, for bringing that up. You know, the next thing that we talked about this year is around loyalty, but we talked about it in a very different way than we have in the past. Um, we had Rick Spear join us, who is a pricing uh, guru, and, and we're really fortunate to have him on our podcast. And he gave us a great perspective on pricing. You know, one of the critical four P's, right, of, that we always yep. talk about. We did actually ask him, like, hey, are the four P's relevant or is pricing still part of that model of the future? And he was absolutely emphatic. Not only are um, the four P's critical and have stood the test of time because, you know, they broadly define a set of important principles for us, um, but he kind of made a case for the P of pricing taking paramount position um, in the four and said that uh, pricing drives the top line. And um, yep. its biggest impact is in how we gain or retain value. And he talked mm. about the one point. He said one point of market share is a handy tool he recommended we use 
Um, and, and when you think about this, so much of us marketers, we say, well, how are we going to you know, define success? And if you're talking to business right. leaders, investors, people who are quant driven, he said, you know, this is a great point for us, one point of market share. And we should ask ourselves as marketers to be business strategists and what drives our ability to win one point of market share, right? Yeah. And my favorite comment of what he said was, um, when it comes to the four Ps, nothing trumps the value of well-defined promotions combined with well-derived pricing. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> and then we had this terrific guest, um, if you remember Mark Ross Smith from Singapore, who joined us. Yeah. And, you know, he's a, a guru on uh, airline frequent flyer programs. Um, you know, the love-hate relationship we all have in our, uh, um, you know, airline uh, life. And, you know, he surprised the heck out of us, didn't he, Ruth, when he mm. explained that the frequent flyer programs in airlines are often more valuable than the underlying airline business itself. We were so surprised to hear that, but it made a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, he was talking about the points and how they accrue and we don't spend them. And I mean, it was really interesting, his his um, rationale there. And he advised us that loyalty can be a great career choice for people that are entering mm -hmm. the marketing field. So, you know, kudos for him for bringing that round for our listeners, both our current students and alumni, if you're looking for industries that are growing and flourishing, believe it or not. Um, you know, he shared a trend where he said the lives of today's consumers are blending business and leisure, resulting in mm. a real solid new trend that he calls bleisure. <laughs> oh, well. You know, we're going to go on a business trip and then we're going to stay over and do some leisure things or go sightseeing or that, you know, it's not as clearly defined as it used to be. And we have to think about that as it overflows into other industries as well. And I love that he said the world of travel is only going to grow bigger because it brings joy and magic into our lives and creates stronger human connections. Isn't that just oh, darling? It is. Makes me want to get on a plane and get going. <laughs> but, but meanwhile, back to our other theme, which was the, um, the, the tough one of ROI and measurement. We had some terrific speakers, uh, conversational partners, and no surprise that theme just is is a perennial in the world of marketing. Katie Payne, we mm -hmm. were so lucky to get Katie because she's really known as the 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 leading thinker about ROI when it comes particularly particularly to public relations and corporate communications. And she had a couple of tips for us about where she thinks things are are going that she thinks that that executives are starting to understand that measuring their communications in silos doesn't make sense that they need to have a more holistic view and that people 
in marketing functions need to pull together the metrics and deliver the results as a whole. And But ironically, she said she didn't really think that ever in the future there would be a fully automated measurement system coming available. It's too mm-hmm. complicated. But that um, she also sees communications people picking the wrong tool for their various media channel measurements. And I thought that was a, a good piece yes. of advice for us to set our objectives, make sure they're mutually agreed upon, and then picking the right tool to determine if we're meeting them. Then we also talked to Diane Primo, who has a really interesting agency specializing in purpose as a marketing strategy. We hear a lot about this these days. And she, she gave us some really useful ideas about how to approach this. She said that per the the idea of purpose in marketing comes out of the consumer desire to interact with brands that have a purpose that they agree with. And that, in fact, brands are are, um, in all kinds of fields are recognizing that authentic purpose can be part of their messaging, but that to operationalize it, she pointed out that the brand needs to make sure that the purpose is embraced internally before trying to go external to customers. And I, I thought that was yes. very uh, a very good point. It's awfully easy for us to just say, well, let's communicate this outside. But in order to be authentic, everybody needs to be pulling the the same measurement or the same approach. And she also recommended that we use some of the same tools that are being used to measure ESG and DEI today to address whether our purpose measure our, our purpose act activities are reaching their the their goals and that at the same time we need to take the take the a long view about that. We're not going to know on quarter by quarter whether our purpose efforts are are paying off. And then we also met with Jean-Francois Deneau. Mais oui. Talked about <laughs> <laughs> indeed. He he talked about healthcare marketing and said that it's going in very interesting directions because the end user patient is not always the purchase decision maker. It kind of reminded me of B2B a bit in that there are influencers, namely mm-hmm. insurance providers and specifiers, namely physicians and lots of other parties involved. And that in as a result of this, healthcare organizations are moving away from messaging around or planning their messaging around cost and more about value-based messaging while thinking about, well, how can we bring outcomes related to the patient's quality of life? So it was quite inspiring to hear him say this because in a highly regulated environment, it's, it's good to know that healthcare companies are thinking this way and 
have also figured out how to implement social media, word of mouth, social proof, because patients are getting more and more savvy and empowered to take control of their own health. That so, was brilliant. Wow. Yeah, it was terrific. <laughs> Wasn't that great? I mean, this whole category was terrific, Ruth. We sure learned a lot from all of these guests. And healthcare, I mean, we see this in our uh, marketing and advertising lives every day. You know, you see the pharmaceutical advertising and how they're really focusing on a better life and getting out and, oh, I can breathe and go out and have drinks with my friends. And, you know, the the advertising has really changed, has it not? This whole, I, yeah. I, I like this quality of life outcomes. And while we've been doing this in other industries, it is really nice to see it in healthcare. Another great career opportunity for marketers is the healthcare field. Um, That's right. And believe it or not, so, that gets us to our last uh, main uh, category here, which were um, trends that, you know, our guests brought to us that uh, we hadn't even been thinking of at the time. And our uh, first trend that caught us a little bit by surprise and is so important for all of us to remember was Alicia uh, Lifrak, who really opened our eyes and boldly stated, um, the future belongs to Gen X, not the millennials. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, wake up, you know, between the boomers mm. and the millennials is an entire generation. And that generation of people in their 40s and 50s who are sandwiched between the boomers and the millennials represent a $2.4 trillion market. Wow. Yeah. And that ignoring them could prove a costly mistake uh, for nonprofits and for businesses alike. Um, so, you know, we've been targeting the millennials very actively. We hear about them, their, their, their focus of our mind. And now, you know, we've, we've been talking a lot about the Gen Z. And um, mm -hmm. as a result, Gen X, not surprisingly, she told us, has been called the forgotten generation. So yeah. if you think about, you know, 40s and 50s, those are the prime years of disposable income. Your children are older. You have right. um, more decision-making power. You're in, in, in your career. You are uh, more successful. You're spending more money. You're making uh, decisions in both business to business and in your personal lives. Um, and so, you know, we disregard them at our own peril. And she said, well, you can't just all of a sudden wake up tomorrow and say, aha, we're going to, you know, suddenly go talk to the, um, you know, the Gen Xers. So we have to be authentic about it. Um, our next guest, who is Michael McCatherine, and, you know, I love Chick-fil-A. I know you do too, Ruth. Um, <laughs> he's the innovation lead at Chick-fil-A. And that was really cool. Uh, he shared with us his thoughts on an innovation organization. And he made a real point of saying how different an innovation organization is from an innovative organization and right. how marketing departments can develop the capabilities and culture that are needed to constantly be innovating and bringing new ideas. And a couple of his tips were that marketing leaders should adopt an innovation mindset um, and stimulate idea equity in their companies, like actually turn ideas into an equity instead of just, you know, a brainstorming exercise. Um, and his secret weapon for innovation, 
Stay close yeah. to your customers and let them speak for themselves. Cool, right? What a great point. Yeah. And then since we're talking about internally, we then spoke with Tim Parkin, who said, hey, yeah. guys, we should be marketing from the inside out. The bottleneck mm. to growth and success in large marketing organizations today is not our limited budgets. It's not our competition. It's not data privacy changes. It's the team, stupid, right? It's the fact oh, that we man. lack an emphasis and focus on our marketing teams, on the people, and on the processes oh. that we need for skill development. Wasn't that brilliant, Ruth? Wow, yeah. And hopeful, too. Something yeah. that we can actually fix. He said, before the tree can flourish, you have to focus on the roots. And then that's the right people, <laughs> the right process. Um, and I thought that, and the right purpose. Here, here. And then our uh, to tie it up with our last guest here, who wasn't, you know, last but not least, is our very own Chad Mezra from WVU. He shared with us the landscape of higher education and how it has experienced major shifts and changes, not just as cons you know, consumers and students, but as an industry. And that this um, sweeping transformation in the years ahead will focus on three major areas, lifelong learning. So education is yeah. going to become not episodic, get your degree and go on. It's going to be lifelong learning. Um, a combination of hard skills and soft skills that we're going to have come out of right. the new way that we are going to educate um, uh, leaders of tomorrow. Um, and that we should take um, a page out of the B2B playbook um, when it comes hmm. to higher education. If you're a higher education marketer, which means yeah. focusing on segmentation geared towards niche marketing, don't look at everybody can right. be a student, but what are the niches of individuals that we should focus on? Um, so I think that we had a very enthusiastic and encouraging shout out to future marketers there, um, Ruth. Yes, indeed. And what a great year, Cindy. We had terrific speakers, great subjects, and we even have already kicked off 2023 with the fantastic Mark Schaefer, who talked to us in January about how traditional marketing and advertising are less effective now than in the past and what we can be doing about that. And we're heading into another wonderful podcasting year for 2023. We are so lucky to have this sponsorship from West Virginia University's Reed College of Media and our Big shout out to our terrific producer, Stephanie Moore. So cheers to all of all of us who are involved and to all of our listeners. Cheers. You've been listening to WVU Marketing Horizons, hosted by Ruth Stevens and Cindy Greenglass. Please be sure to visit go.wvu.edu slash MC Today to view our upcoming conversations listen to previous discussions, and subscribe to receive updates.